Yuma, Per Gimel, Mishnah, Base, 3-2, and a straight continuation of the previous Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Velama Why was it necessary to send someone up to confirm with his eyes that the time had arrived? Because Shepam Achas Moor Halavana. One time it happened that the moon was rising, or perhaps the moon had risen a little bit over the horizon, but there was clouds occluding, I don't know. But the point is they mistook the light of the moon on the eastern horizon to be the beginning of dawn. V'dimu Sheher Mizrach, they thought that the eastern horizon had been lit up. V'shachatu Esatamid, and based on that loose observation, they thought it was daybreak, and since one can shecht from, already from daybreak, Alusa Shachar, they shechted the Korban Tamid. V'hotzi'u Levesa Sreifa, but later on they realized that was the moon coming up, not the sun, and yet it was still nighttime, and therefore the slaughtering of the Tamid was invalid, and therefore the Tamid had to be burned. Hotzi'uhu, the Vesasrefa means they took it out to be burned, but actually out doesn't mean out of the Azara. The Allah is that Kachi Kachim, like an Ola, is burned inside the Azara itself, but it's in a place called Vesasrefa, there in the Azara, in the temple courtyard. So, by the way, it's clear from this a proof, besides the fact that the previous Mishnah is mentioned in Masechah's Tamid, which is talking about every day of the year, um, this couldn't happen on, on Yom Kippur. It only could happen at the end of the month, not the 10th of the month like Yom Kippur is, when the moon rises just before the sun, or a little before the sun. So the end of the month. Okay, fine. Now, the Mishnah continues, but now we are lapsing into something specific to Yom Kippur, referring to the Kohen Gadol. The Mishnah says, Horidu Kohen Gadol Levesa Horidu, the Kohen Gadol, descended into the Mikvah, Besa Tefillah. Um, the point being that he went to be tovel. The halacha is that whenever a person is going to enter the azar, the temple courtyard, he must first immerse in a mikvah. That's the case um, whether or not he's currently tahor. It's just a separate requirement all to itself. Um, it's a dindo araisa if a person's going to do a voda, as the case of the kohen gadol is here on Yom Kippur. Oh, it's a dindo rabbanon if a person's just coming to be, let's say, a spectator or to bring a korban, he's not doing a voda. But still, to enter the Azara, one must first do Tevila. We'll see in the subsequent Mishnah that the Kohen Gadol immersed himself in a mikvah five times on Yom Kippur. This is the first of the five. And this one, unlike the other five, other four, I should say, is happening um, back where he's been staying the past seven days next to the Lishkas of Palhedron, as we saw in the first parak. Um, and there's a there's a there's like a water chamber, and it's on top of the water chamber where he's going to the mikvah, outside of the Azara. In contrast, the other four will be done as we'll see shortly, atop the base of Parva, which is inside the Azara. Now, the Mishnah, having mentioned going to the Mikvah, in the context of doing a vote on the base of Mikdash, will now lapse back into something which is a general rule that applies all year round. Zaklal, the principle is, sorry, excuse me, Zaklal Hayab Mikdash. This is the governing rule that functioned in the time of the base of Mikdash. Kol HaMesach Esraglav, anybody who's involved in doing a voda in the Beis HaMikdash, meaning the Kohanim, if they have to defecate, Mesach Esraglav literally means to cover his legs, but it's a reference to that when one defecates, he squats, and therefore his body's covering his legs. That's what we're talking about here. It's, of course, a euphemism, but in the Hebrew language, there is no um, real word for defecation all to itself. Um, so this is the euphemism that's used. So then, Ta'un Tevila. After defecation, one must go to the mikvah again. That means even if he's tahor, even if he's been to the mikvah once a day, if he has to stop to go to the toilet and and um, empty his bowels, then he must go to the mikvah again. The Meiri learns it's not 
make for fatar purposes, but rather to make sure that he's totally clean, because of course, if there'd be some fecal matter attached to him, that would be unacceptable um, for doing the avoda. Similarly, whenever one urinates, again, a bit of a euphemism, but it, pouring water, but it means whenever one urinates, so then if he's doing the avoda, he must tone kidushadaim he must literally re sanctify his hands and feet. That's referring to washing the hands and the feet. They would use um, what in English is referred to as the, the laver, um, which is this like water container, if you will, um, that exists between the altar and the, the ulam, the, uh, the entrance to the antechamber. There of the Kodesh there, they had like a container and with water, and they would use that water and they'd wash their hands, placing the right hand on top of the right foot, and then washing both together, and then placing the left hand over the left foot, and then um, washing them again both together. In Hebrew, the word is a kior. Uh, labor is not a very meaningful word, I don't think. But anyways, the kior, maybe more familiar to, that was the source of the water, and they washed their hands and feet, as I described. Um, and that, again, is the case regardless of whether they were tahor or not. It's to do the avoda, one has to wash his hands, but to, after going to urinate, one has to wash his hands with his feet, like I described, again.